You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for the final day of the trading week, so it's time for the opening. And this morning, I'm speaking to Petrie Riddlinghouse from Herenia Capital Advisors in Johannesburg. Petrie, it's a geopolitical dip that we're seeing on the S&P futures and the NASDAQ futures and the Dow futures. And in my experience, over many years of trading the markets and observing the markets, you should buy the geopolitical dip. But maybe not just yet. Maybe there's a little bit more to come. Is that the reason they're down, because of China and the U.S.? Yes. Good morning. Um, and absolutely, the the sort of, you know, I don't know, I've been bearish for a while, I think. And I, I think the last time we spoke, we spoke about capitulating and finally throwing in the towel on being bearish and accepting that the market's probably going to go on to make new highs. Uh, what had happened over the last two days, though, uh, is that we heard some news um, that U.S. was basically had given Chinese authorities 72 hours to close their consulate in Texas or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Texas kind of hit back. I mean, Texas, China hit back as well, um, telling the U.S. that they need to close one of their consulates and uh, using all sorts of you know strong words around this is a very, uh, you know, an escalation of aggressions between the countries and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's talking about is there a Cold War looming and that kind of thing. Um, and that was mostly, I think, part of the reason when that news broke that, you know, Donald Trump orders the consulate to be closed in Texas, um, you saw the market pulling back almost immediately. And, that, you know, now we've had two days of red uh, on the back of that. So potentially you're right. Potentially this is just a geopolitical dip. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's still enough free money to keep pushing the market uh, by the looks of things. So... The other argument is, Piercy, is that one of the reasons I initiated short on the Nasdaq in a feature I have on a on a Tuesday called the Tuesday Trade. I initiated a short because I, I noticed that at a very elevated level, which the Nasdaq is at the moment, there was a lot of churning up one percent one day and then closing one percent weaker or two percent or something. A lot of toing and froing going on, and when you get that sort of action, it means that uh, market participants are not quite sure. There's no consensus. In other words, some people want to sell, some people want to buy, and at a very high level that's usually a warning sign i don't know if you find that technically uh, but that's why i initiated the short and suddenly that short is coming home to roost yeah so i mean very technically it could be making a double top uh, on the on the nasdaq index um and you know essentially what it's doing is it's busy forming a range uh, that range is kind of between eleven thousand, just over eleven thousand uh, eleven thousand seventy six uh, and ten thousand four hundred right uh, so a break below 10,400 would take out previous resistance, current support, uh, and probably initiate a short uh, from a technical perspective as well. So I think you probably got in a little earlier because you've got years and years of experience as well. Yeah. Uh, years and, and years of losing of, money trading, but um, yeah, but anyway, we go on. More of a sort of you know technical uh, technical trading guy. Um, oh, sorry. How's Do your bird this morning? She seems she seems very noisy. Yeah, she's very, uh, very vocal about stuff. Um, you throw a towel over her head while we're chatting. But anyway, let's have a look at what's happening on the Stock Exchange News Service this morning. The MTN Group Limited has come out with a trading statement for the six-month period, ended 30th of June. We had Vodacom doing exactly the same thing. MTN really responding very well indeed. The share price, that is, up around about 6% on my delayed screen. This is one that uh, I'm sure that you look at because it's very liquid and uh, technically is probably quite not easy to follow, but certainly worth following 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is actually a trade that we initiated long on a while ago. Um, sort of, about, we've been tracking it on the on the. Well, we do like this weekly blog thing um, with a couple of trade ideas, right? So this we've been tracking it for a while. It's had a basically a flat top triangle as a as a bottoming reversal pattern, uh, and we're looking for the stock to trade up to sort of seventy rand. Mm-hmm. Um, it broke out initially three down days. Um, and now we have obviously the backer results. We saw Vodacom's results were pretty good as well. And you know, w- w- one of the themes, okay, so to chat specifically about MTN, yes. part of the reason they've done really well is because they sold some stuff, right? They, they made an announcement in March that they were going to sell uh, or divest from a number of sort of uh, joint venture partnerships in terms of, you know, radio towers in Uganda and Ghana. So they've sold those and that adds. Um, about 341 cents to their EPS, right? So their EPS is going to be um, 345 cents greater than the last time. So, and, and most of that money basically coming from this disposal, right? Yes. Um, but also what's interesting, and we'll have to, I guess, wait for the results, is if you look at what Vodacom said uh, in their trading statements, that data volumes were up 97%. So some time ago, we... Well, for the last couple of years now, really, geez, time actually goes faster. It's scary. Yes, it um, but we've been, uh, you know, hearing a lot of talk around, um, you know, fees must fall, data fees must fall, that kind of stuff. And, you you know, some back of the matchbox calculations were done around if, um, uh, you know, data fees are cut by one third from a, a regulatory point of view, they're forced to cut the prices. How much of an impact is that going to have on uh, these companies? Um, and, you know, how bad is it going to be for them? And what's interesting is those fees are, have now been cut, but thanks to lockdown, um, d- data demand or, or usage of data has, like, doubled. So the negative impact of those uh, lower fees is completely erased, and the company's made more money. Um, so I'd be quite interested to see how much more data – they didn't specify in this uh, trading statement, MTN, but I'd be quite interested to see how much more data they basically sold um, this year so far. Um, and how much of that is obviously, well, obviously, you know, the additional sales will be because of lockdown. And it's just because everyone's at home and have to entertain yourself and educate yourself and do all your things. Um, and uh, it's been hugely beneficial for these for these telcos. The other one that's interesting this morning, and it's another punter's favorite and also long-term investor's favorite, and that's Woolworths. Is, is that one that you look at? Because, again, it's liquid and it's understandable and we most people use... Woolworths uh, a couple of times a month at least. So what about Woolworths? Yeah, Woolworths is uh, also a company that we track. Um, trading statement didn't look so good. I mean, but, uh, there's no real uh, surprise there, though, right? I mean, they're very much affected, and it's not really much they can do um, in terms of the lockdown. We saw what was interesting is we saw in the beginning of the lockdown that uh, retailers did really well as people kind of freaked out and stocked up. Um, but as, uh, you know, sort of the global lockdown and particularly that one, the one in South Africa drags on um, and people start, you know, feeling it in their employment, um, spending goes down. So uh, unfortunately, they've had a very challenging, they cite that it was the most challenging time they've ever had or whatever the case is. In yes. the, um, this in is the what area. they actually said. I mean, it's just let me inter- interrupt you there. It says here, the extremely challenging trading conditions brought about by COVID-19 placed significant pressure on the performance of the group. Group sales for the year ended 28th of June. 
uh, on a 52-week comparable basis were 0.1% lower compared to the pro forma year ended 23rd of June and declined by one point. But anyway, it doesn't sound like much, but it's a, t- it's a tale of two halves, you see. That, that's what it is. And the, the, the second half, or most of the second half, was affected by you-know-what. And uh, it, it doesn't look good, and the market doesn't like it. I think the share price was down one and a half, two percent 2% in the first half hour of trading. Yes, um, 1.7 down now. So it does look like it's... Um you know, it's building momentum on the on the short side as well. And this actually kind of plays into one of the themes that we've been seeing, uh, particularly on our local market. So the U.S. market and the international market have been really strong. But locally, we've seen uh, really weak sort of locals or retailers and companies that are focused primarily on South Africa. Um, you know, we've also seen, but, you know, at the same time, we've seen strong commodities and dual listed and rand hedge stocks. Um, and that theme just continues to play out. So the retailers and the sort of in, you know local industrials continue to be under pressure. Um, and this is this goes to show with uh, with what the case is with you know the Woolies results. What's going to be interesting is to see you know how the next six months are going to play out because schools are still closed and all sorts of other uh, you know restrictions are still in place. And you know let's be honest, the the jobs bloodbath is starting to happen now only right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the real impact, I think, in terms of earnings thing is still ahead for Woolies. If, if uh, you know, if I just sort of give my honest sort of thoughts here, I don't think that, um, particularly in the retail space, that this is the bottom. Let's have a look at the spot prices. Um, the dollar rand is 1677. The British pound against the rand is 2137. The euro rand is 1948. And the euro dollar is 11614. It's broken that 116 level. I don't know if 116 is important. But anyway, what is important? That the euro dollar is in the ascendancy. In other words, the euro rallying the dollar under pressure. What does that mean for the gold price? Well, I can tell you what it gold means at the moment. This is this <laughs> thing is coming up. I mean, if this is a massive, this could be one of those huge long-term double tops because I think the high, all-time high of gold was $1,918 per ounce, um, something like that. Whether it's the closing price or the intraday, I don't know. I'll check it out later on because this is a big story. It's $1,896 an ounce. Eight dollars better at the moment as people worry about worry about the the debasement of the U.S. dollar and also worry about geopolitical issues. Hmm. Okay, uh, the platinum price is down nine to nine fourteen. Have you got palladium there, please? Uh, palladium, indeed, it is down just under half a percent at two thousand one hundred and thirty-three dollars. Yeah, with its status, of course, as an industrial metal. The West Texas Intermediate crude is forty dollars ninety-four, which is down very slightly. Brent crude oil is $43.22, also very slightly weaker to the tune of uh, 0.2%. Last night in the United States, let's have a look what uh, what happened. There was a bit of a sell-off in the last couple of hours, I have to say. Uh, the Dow Jones was down 1.3% or 350-odd points. S&P was down one and a quarter percent The Nasdaq took it on the chin with a 2.3% uh, fall. And that has been uh, continued this morning with the, with the futures. I've got Nasdaq futures at the moment. They are down one and a third percent. They weren't down one and a half percent at one stage. And the S&P futures, uh, what have we got here? Better off, actually. So people are really targeting the NASDAQ at the moment. The S&P futures are down around about two thirds of a percent. So it's going to be an interesting afternoon. Often what happens, Petrie, is that it rallies uh, as, as we go into the, the proper US session at 3.30 South African time. Uh, but if it doesn't this time, then people may look at the weekend and say, yeah, I don't want to be long with this over uh, the weekend just in case something yeah. happens. No risk for me, thanks. Um, what's been interesting is over the last 
I want to say six months. Um, we've had uh, most of the sort of upward momentum, you know, since the COVID crash, not only in the last six months, maybe the last sort of two, three months, right? Mm. Um, most of the gains that the S&P 500 has been seeing has been in the overnight market. So that's when futures is trading obviously 24-7 or 24-5. Uh, futures would push up. And then when the spot market actually opens in the US, mm. market pulls back. Exactly. Um, and we've been seeing that pattern play out quite a bit over the last few months. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not that pattern sort of continues. So even though futures are down, does it mean that they are um, going to get hurt even more when the stock when the spot market opens later this afternoon? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I would sort of wager that that's that's the highly likely, actually. Okay, let's have a look at the, the big movers on the JSC today. Uh, so far, anyway, after just over one hour of trading, as I refresh my screen. Also, right. uh, just before we jump into that, I think just to, to add, mm. um, it's earnings season in the US, right? So, um, obviously, Tesla, it's, it's amazing how the media says this. Tesla crushed expectations because they were expected to lose um, something like 10 cents a share and they made something like 50 cents a share and the, and the terminology used is like, you know, they crushed expectations. The truth is they, they, they the revenue was down, vehicle sales were down, everything was sort of down quarter on quarter. Large part of the reason they were profitable is because they sold those um, sort of green energy credits back to the government at like, or that the government gives them at a, at a really high profit, right? So that helped them. I mean, it's voodoo magic and they, and well done to them, four quarters of profitability. It means they're sort of almost ready for inclusion in the S&P 500 or for, um, eligibility for that. But if you look at other sort of big tech giants, uh, and I think that, you know, we have to consider Tesla a tech giant, but if you look at particularly Microsoft, their results were not so good. Um, and you would have expected them to do, I mean, they weren't bad, but they weren't what was expected, right? You would, you would have thought that uh, cloud services and all sorts of other things did really, really well. And that in part, I think, is because we're starting to see earnings come through and we're starting to see, well, wait, wait a minute, you know, this is the reality that coronavirus is doing. Microsoft obviously being negatively affected because their physical stores are closed and that cost them quite a bit of lost revenue, right? Um, and that is, I think, starting to put a little bit of pressure on the NASDAQ because what's happening in the S&P 500 is it's rallying on the back of an ever decreasing amount of shares that are going up. Uh, and these shares are predominantly tech companies, right? Um, so when, because it's Apple and Microsoft and those guys that make up almost 50% of the index weighting. So, um, well, not just those two companies, there's about 10 of them. But as these tech companies sort of start reporting and their earnings are not quite what the market's expecting, uh, they're pulling back and that could potentially, uh, you know, put a bit of pressure on the market in the, in the, in the weeks to come. Nice points. Let's have a look at the top five major moves uh, this morning. I've got uh, MTN. We've spoken about it. Good trading update. People like it. Uh, share price up six and a quarter percent. Uh, Telcom up one and two thirds percent. Sirius, uh, don't worry about that. Oceana, don't worry about that either. But both of those up just over one percent. On the downside, we have to worry a little bit about this one. Nasper's down three percent. Hammerson down two point nine. Pepcor down two point six percent. Impala Platinum down two and a quarter. And Fortress A down two and a quarter as well. Anything else outside of those that you're looking at this morning, Petrie? Uh, Blue telecommunications, uh, not doing too shabby. Um, it's up around 2%. That's kind of like, um, I, I guess, a smaller, high, higher risk play to back the, the good results coming from the telecommunications company. So that's doing all right. Um, just a note on Impala. Yesterday, it did really, really well. 
uh, on the back of, um, you know, obviously very robust trading statement. Um, no surprises with, uh, you know, platinum prices and precious metals prices railing. These guys are making quite a bit of money. So, um, so yeah, so there's a small, smaller cap stuff that we're watching at the moment. So um, in the metal space, Jubilee Metals Group, uh, that's made it up to one rand, which is fantastic. So whether or not it can hold one rand and, and push through. Uh, is kind of what we're hoping to see at this stage. Um, and then, as I mentioned, blue telecommunications being up around 2% is also kind of playing into our favor at this stage. Give us the indices after just over one hour of trading, please. Alrighty. So, top 40 index, 1.3% lower. Um, the resource 20 index down as exactly 1%. Industrial 25 index down 1.6%. Financial 15 index down just shy of 1%, 96 basis points, in fact. Gold mining down around half a percent. Platinum mining down 1.9%. Uh, and then the general retailers index, why do I not find it? 1.25% lower. Jolly good. Petri, thanks so much for your analysis this morning. That's Petri Ridley. He's from Herenia Capital Advisors. We'll speak to him next week. Petri, have a great weekend. And that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.